it's it, we're about to be in May, right? So um, usually, if we're lucky, there's one team still playing, and that would be the Charlotte Checkers. And we have two. We have two teams playing, and it looks like they might both be playing uh, a, a good bit into May, maybe? I don't know. Um, this is the Kane's Country Podcast, though. Uh, my name's Brett Finger. Uh, of course, I'm joined by Justin Lape. Uh, hi, Justin. Hi. How are you? Doing really well. It was a good weekend and lots of good hockey lately, so not too much to be angry about. Okay, well, I'm sure we'll find something to be angry about on the way. <laughs> uh, um, so I guess let's let's not even let's not mess around here. Let's get right into down to business, you know, um, just like the Canes did. Uh, so between the last time that we recorded last week and now today, uh, the Hurricanes finished off the Capitals. Uh, I, okay, I mean, that's uh, you know compared to where we were last week. I mean, I don't think either of us were really like convinced that could be a thing but it happened they they were down three two and they came all the way back let's just quickly talk about you know not a big deal or anything the hurricanes first playoff series win in uh, a decade uh justin uh how the hell did that happen oh man i mean a little bit of skill a little bit of luck a little bit of everything really i mean it was it was something i mean going down three two after game five, you know, and they got, I they think got I, ran out of the building. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a really tough one. So you didn't think you didn't, or you, you didn't know how they would respond. You've seen them respond to worse. Um, I think like the Winnipeg game earlier in the season. I mean, that was oh obviously God. a, a oh, tough man. one. Um, but I, I think in the playoffs, it's just a different level. Um, and a lot of people, if they were being, like smart with their money they would they would have bet for like Washington in six or something you know what I mean they, I think it was the safe bet that the Canes were going to get some games I predicted but... Canes in six on the site yeah Which, yeah what did you predict? I, think, I think I picked Washington in six you are um, unbelievable how could you not yeah have I, I don't know I don't know I, don't know. I doubt it I mean we 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 both didn't pick them to make the playoffs, so it's not like. Well, <laughs> I don't remember it like that. There's yeah, no evidence saying yeah. otherwise. There's, There's not no audio recordings or anything. No, if you... <laughs> no. don't look for anything. So, I'm sure. There's yeah, no, but, but I think I think yeah, just the bounce back after Game Five, um, and just going back to Raleigh and just absolutely destroying it, and then to be such a young team and to go up against the defending Stanley Cup champs who. Played some tough hockey last uh, last spring, mm. um, and and to just go into that building and then face a double OT game and come out of it on on the right side going is down just two nothing as early as they did in game seven, I and mean, then that, and, yeah. and then three to one. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you know, you finally cut the lead in half, and then you know, you just <laughs> you give it yeah, right back it, up. It was, it was Sebastian Ajo with that kind of fluky shorthanded goal. And then you were like, okay, maybe this is a thing that's going to happen. This is going to be a hockey game. But then just immediately after, they make it 3-1. So it's just like, how, how will they respond from, you know, such like a big lift that that Ajo goal was. And then you turn around and just like that, you're down by two again. But but they kept fighting. Yeah, back. and I... And- and the crazy thing was, like, yeah, when they went down three to one, I, I mean, I'm not a betting man myself, but I, if you live bet the game, it, it was like thirty to one odds at that point of of the game. So to, to to first overcome those like 
insane odds and then you know get a get a puck on net late in double OT which by the way that double OT period despite like how long that game and how rough that series had been they looked probably the most energized I had ever seen they dominated them the yeah periods. I mean just absolute like just complete dominance like, it was it was so dominant that it was like if if they would have lost that game that would have that would have hurt really bad because it's just yeah. how much they outplayed them and and they've had a few games like that this season so it was yeah. it was like uh you know a little bit a little bit worried but yes it was a an amazing series and and now on to the next one of course well they've already been on to the next one but yeah. i mean man they've really been on to the next one huh i mean they're up to nothing um, we're recording this on Monday. Game three is on Wednesday back in Raleigh. Um, wow. So I think best case scenario, I mean, the Hurricanes had played so much hockey. They were fresh off of a double overtime win in game seven. Two days later, they go to Brooklyn. Um, and game one, it, it was back and forth. It was a goalie duel. And I think, like I was saying, like best case scenario, I think that you'd be happy with a one-one split. Um, and they they won game one in overtime. That Jordan Stahl goal off of the Nino Niederreiter shot deflection off the end board. Um, Marazic was amazing. He had the shutout, his second shutout of the postseason. In game two, uh, Justin, you can you can give us a little bit more insight into that. But they also win game two. And it, it was because of a 48-second burst of offense in the third period that got them a 2-1 win. Uh, lots of adversity along the way, especially in Game 2 with the injuries. But, Justin, you were there. You were covering the game um, at Barclays Arena or Barclays Center, um, the best arena for hockey in the world. Did you get a picture with the SUV? Uh, no, I did not. Okay, then uh, that's it. I don't want to or any of or any of the Honda branding, really which there's really a lot of Honda branding. Hey, man, that's the official car of the NHL and of the Canes Country podcast. But the craziest thing was, so they have two um two Zambonis, like most teams do, obviously. Oh. Um, and one was sponsored by Honda, but the other one was sponsored by some Long Island iced tea thing, and they had oh. a little kid riding on it, so. Yeah, it just on the Honda just, one or the uh... on the on the Long Island iced tea one. Oh, okay. So, oh, yeah, very good. very interesting stuff. Um, but yeah, no, the, the game was the game was was awesome. I mean, um, you know, I, our editor Brian was there. I asked him, you know, hey, compared to what I'm hearing right now, how how were you know Capital One Arena and then you know PNC? He said it, did, it didn't even come close. I mean, it's the other two were much louder, but it was, you know, it was a pretty rocking crowd. I, I'm not going to deny it, but um, I mean, the fans in the building probably couldn't even see the ice based on some of those lines. So <laughs> that's they why they were so angry at the end. That's why they were so angry the car, at the end, and the, ended up throwing the, their T-shirts onto they didn't the. Know ice. Who won? The car had the best view in in the in the house, and no one could see. Yeah, it, <laughs> very interesting stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, it was. It, it was something um, to kind of give up that early one. It's something you could live with. Um, you know, yeah, Jake it, it, Slavin. It was Jake, yeah, it's a weird balance. It's not like he, you know, just straight up smacked it in. Yeah, it was, so a great, he, it was like a one-time slap shot by Slavin right by Mrazek. It was very good. Right at the point. <laughs> and, then he, and then he pointed it at him and did like the Theo yeah. Furia yeah. celebration. It was really just, disrespectful. 
Yeah. Skates out to center Jacob ice. very on his knees. As I, I've learned over the years. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, you can live with that. And then the second was very nerve wracking. I mean, it was, I, I think that the Islanders pushed there a lot. Um, and they held the shot advantage through both the first and the second, I believe. And Carolina, I mean, the first five minutes they were skating well, but they weren't generating much offense and only three shots in that first period. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the Islanders for you. That's Barry Trotz. Yeah. And that's, and that's unlike the Canes, you know, they're, they're yeah. normally come out with, with strong energy and, and, and get all, I mean, you look at the shot disadvantage by the end of the first and normally it favors the Canes. So, um, yeah. yeah, that, that start was something, but, uh, yeah. And then the third rolls around and, and I mean, I, I I just see Vogel kind of gaining speed there. I mean, he just releases an insane shot. I mean, it just cleanly it almost looked like Jordan's uh, it was game a, seven tire. It, it was a, it was a snipe, and it was a great pass from um, from Walmart too off the boards to to get to Fogel to start. And man, that was a that was just a great shot. And I think that's the you know that's what you get when when you have a young player who's producing the way he has produced in the play in the uh, in the postseason, and he has the confidence to just rip that thing. And I mean, it was it was just a perfect shot. Yeah, and and then I'm I'm looking down, I'm writing about the the, the perfect shot more or less, and all of a sudden, I mean, they score again. And yeah. I, yeah, I mean, that's how you start a period, especially you know down um, heading in heading into the final period, and I think. Honestly, when I've seen I've seen this happen multiple times and especially in the playoffs, I I hate to be cliche here, but I think no, it really no. is the Rod Brindamore Rod Brindamore effect. Oh, um man. you know, his the teams that he played on, you know, he he always said that we were gonna get it done in the third period and, and that's that's your last push. And I mean, I think he's really instilling that in some of these young guys and, and it's working. So yeah, a two nothing lead heading back to Raleigh is is you're you're playing with house money, but you don't want to pull a caps and and blow away oh, no. the series. Oh so. no! Yeah. Oh so. no! No, but, but um, what what I thought was interesting now that you bring up the caps, I think a team like just in, in the situation Carolina was in, right? So they just came off of a seven game series. Um, you know, they already won game one uh, in Brooklyn, so they've played a lot of hockey. They they stole a game on the road, right? So I think the mindset for a lot of maybe experienced teams like Washington, per se, um, would be, you know, you're going to the third period. I mean, you already took one game. I think a lot of teams that, that you know, have the confidence in themselves to get the job done the rest of the way, they might not have put forth the, the effort that Carolina did in the third period, you know? Just you know, just thinking of it logically. I mean, if you're Washington in that situation, you already took game one, you know, you're going to go back home for games three and four. I mean, I don't know. I don't think there's as much pressure on a team like that to, to go out and, and play the third period that Carolina did and, and come out with the fast start that Carolina did all things considered, but they came out and, you know, it, it was just the 48 seconds. That's, that's all they ended up needing. And, Along the way, man, first shift of the game, Kyle Clutterbuck gets TVR out of game. Uh, it looked like a shoulder. It didn't look great. Uh, he's not going to be back for a little bit. Um, Saku Manalainen blocked a shot with his hand, and he's going to have surgery on that hand, and he's going to be back in maybe a week or two. But 
in between those two, Peter Morazic. You know, middle of the second period, you know, uh, Islanders get a chance. Uh, nothing looked crazy, but you could see right away that Morazic was hurt, and he was very upset. He was he was not happy about about getting hurt. Um, it was a non-contact groin looking injury. So at that point, you're like, man, Morazic has played so well. This is this is a pretty big loss. And then you remember who the backup is, and you remember it's Curtis McElhaney, and you remember that hmm, he's pretty good too, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, he made 17 saves the rest of the way. Um, I mean, he let one in, but um, it didn't count. That let's. Uh, that you want to talk about that goal? Let's talk that about should it. Have counted. I mean, I hate to say that, but it should. I come on. Really. Okay, so so from all the angles that I had, and and I, I from what I saw, I mean, you couldn't see the ice from. Yeah, I couldn't. Seat, but you could straight see the up television. see the ice. But yeah. What everyone else saw. Yeah. Um, to me, his to me it looked like his intent was to kick it backwards in order to basically center it and yeah. hope that yeah. he had help. Um, so there is intent to kick there. It's just it it caromed off McElhaney and into the net. Yeah. So the rule is what the rule is. The rule is um, the rule. I mean, yeah, it's, the it's rule's just, the rule. Yeah. You can debate it all you want, and and that's Paul what it comes right. down to. But yes, I don't believe his intent was to kick it into the net. I believe his intent was to kick it backwards and hope that he had help. And yeah, but you know, it, it was a very quick play. I think maybe there was an Islander nearby, but um, yeah, it's just it's just how it worked. But you could you could see the slight kicking motion. You could yeah. see what his intent was because he knew he was below the goal line. It's just. Yeah, it ended up I mean, bouncing it, in. the The call was right. I think the call was right. Uh, Bear, Justin, you uh, yeah. had Barry, that quote from Barry Trot saying that yeah. it was the right call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's just it was just a silly little thing. And if I was, you know, if if you're an Islander fan, I could totally understand why you'd be upset about that because, I mean, that's such a minor kicking motion, and not only did the kicking motion not, I mean, it wasn't that egregious of a kicking motion, but it was a kicking motion. Um, but also it. It, it was from B or under the goal line. It goes off of McElhaney and then like, that's, that's just frustrating, especially after game one where that goalie interference call was made, um, which was debatable. And then just to have that, I mean, that's just, that's a, that's an unfortunate one because instead of a one, nothing game going into the third, you're talking about a two, nothing game. And that's a lot, a lot different. Um, but you know, if you're the Hurricanes and you've been through the past 10 years, uh, I think you take that break on your side um, and you, and you, you'd be pretty happy with it. And they, and they took advantage of it, you know, like the Hurricanes, they took that break and they, again, they just, they took advantage of it and they, they did what they had to do, which was win the damn game. They won the damn game. And now on Wednesday, we have game three in Raleigh. It is a two nothing series lead for the Hurricanes. Shockingly, they've won four straight games. They've won six of their last seven. Um, side note: they won one total game against Washington and New York during the regular season. Uh, they've uh, eclipsed that total so far in the postseason. But let's talk about the injuries because, man, they are just adding up. So when the Hurricanes come back, I, I'm. 
guessing educated guess here. I think Sveshnikov and Martinuk will be back in the lineup. Um, we'll see about Furland. Van Riemsdyk is seemingly out. Main Lions out. Mrazic is probably going to be a game time decision, but it wouldn't. I, I'd imagine they're going to go with McElhaney. Um, they called up Nedeljkovic and Bean uh, for for those injury reasons. So, are are the injuries going to start becoming a problem? Because to this point, they haven't. I mean, they've been winning games with Clark Bishop and Patrick Brown and uh, you know all those fun Charlotte checkers in the lineup. Um, are you worried about it now? Um, see, I I think this series has already. Ah, it's it's really tough. If Svechnikov and Martin will come back, it eases yeah, that's, the that's pain. A big, that, I mean, those are two huge ads. Yeah, know? it it eases the, it eases the pain for sure. Yeah. Um, if Morazic is truly day to day and you know just needs to work out the kinks a little bit or you know see the trainer a few extra times to to loosen like up misses, or like if he misses one game, like I think the Hurricanes would be fine with McElhaney for a game or even absolutely, two. absolutely. So, um, I think the best thing for them is that if they actually do sweep this series. Um, yeah, I mean, not nice. only punch in your ticket, but you know, to end it in, in four or five, it gives you a few extra days rest. And I think that's really big for guys like Manalainen, um, possibly Furland. If Martinuk goes in game three or four and then realizes he can't again. I mean, he's only um, playing on one leg, I think. Yeah, he, he is essentially playing with a very beat-up body. And he's... I mean, good Lord, man. I... I'm not. I'm not like making too much speculation here, but he's gonna. He's probably gonna have some recovery, regardless. So yeah, yeah. I think um, that's safe to say. Yeah, that's safe to say. So I, I think he's one of those players that it's kind of like a Patrice Bergeron, where all of a sudden you find out he was playing with a punctured lung, and you're like, what? Yeah, I How? the other day. I was like, um, we're this whole thing ends with us finding out that he's been playing on two broken legs and an amputated foot. Like that's that's where that one's heading, and. Um, I think Svechnikov, uh, I think that's just about the protocol um, for getting him back. I think if the Hurricanes would have been able to, to practice by now, I think he would have been back in. But I think they're making the right decision by being patient and not forcing a practice or something. Um, and it's worked out because they're up to nothing in this series. And in all likelihood, they're going to get a Andre Svechnikov back in the lineup. And... I mean, that's such a huge boost because that's, I mean, the first two games of the Washington series, he had two goals and an assist. I mean, he was their leading point getter, and now they're getting a huge offensive contributor back. Yeah, I, I mean, we saw what damage he did in the little amount of time he played. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it would be big, but, you know, to, to take the slow um, approach on Svechnikov would would be best because I mean ultimately Absolutely. you want his long term health to be valued more over the short term gain. Yeah. And to be honest with you, they've been just fine without him. They've they could be winning. much they could be much better with him, but <laughs> yeah. they've been just fine without him. So um, when you have that kind of depth, and and the crazy thing about it is the the call ups aren't even the best prospects in the organization. Um, what are you trying to say about Patrick Brown? I'm just saying, I don't you're have to, to specifically say it to, what are you to, trying to say, say about Clark Bishop? let's just say that. I'm just, anyways. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, just asking, but, I'm just asking a question, Justin. What are you trying to say <laughs> about those guys? I'm just saying that oh, okay. they're not you know as important. <laughs> you know what? That's just disrespectful. No, but, um, you know, like, it, 
it's weird, right? Because, I mean, imagine like they like they've really needed guys like McGinn and Fogel to to step up like scoring wise. Because I mean, when you're bringing up a guy like Brown and a guy like um, Bishop, I mean, man, you're not going to get a whole lot out of those guys. And they've, I mean, they've desperately needed like Fogel's offensive outburst. Like they wouldn't be here without that or McGinn, or, you know, that kind of, like, those players stepping up from, from more depth roles, and what's funny is that, is it just me, or is, or is Greg McKaig playing really well? No, he is, he is. I mean, he's all um, over the place. He had a few good, few good opportunities uh, yesterday, and, yeah. I mean, I think physically he's bringing it, um, especially in the defensive zone, I mean, not only just, you know, hits, but just always being in the right position and, yeah, and deflecting shots and, and cutting down passing lanes. I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely been on his game and, and taking a step up. Yeah. And Patrick Brown, yeah. Patty, yeah. Patty Brown's throwing a few jabs he's, after he's, the whistle. I he's, mean, he's, yeah, he's bringing it. He's bringing it. Speaking so. of jabs after the whistle. Oh my goodness. Second main alignment. That guy. Yeah. He's fearless. Hell. That I guy. didn't know he had. Wow. I mean, he knew his size was one thing, but I didn't think he had that kind of edge to his game. I mean, I mean he showed it. He showed it at times during the regular season, but man, is he showed just, it. He is yeah. bringing it. I mean, he was going after Ovechkin the entire series. Yeah, I was like, wow, yeah, I mean, look at you go, he, man. You. <laughs> he was the slash that uh, Ovi ended up getting kicked out on. So yeah, I mean, he is a he's yeah. A he, he's a, he's a tank. So he, he's for him crazy. to be hurt and and to you know, actually stay out. It must be an inju- a serious yeah, I mean, injury. It, it, yeah, I, uh, yeah, exactly. But um, the fact that it's only a short-term recovery, I mean, it, it favors the, the bottom six for sure. Absolutely. But I, I think the crazy thing about this is that despite this playoff run, I mean, some of these players won't even be on the team next year. It's it's crazy to think yeah. that, you know, they're only going to get better. Um, you know, I you're mean, always going to need players yeah. like Dana Linen or... Or, you know, well, obviously Barnook's now re-upped, but, you know, those kinds of players. But, like, like Brown, Bishop, and, and yeah. you know, just some of those guys, like, that's, yeah. they're not going to see any time in, in, in Raleigh. In a way, though, I just based on how New York plays, like, I feel like those kind of guys fit well just because they're, they're, they're not over, you know, they're, um, they're not overly skilled. Let's just say that about those two in particular. What are you um, trying to say about them? I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying they're not overly skilled they're they work hard though man do they work hard such hard workers um but again they're not overly skilled but against a team like the islanders it's just like you need to grind these games out and you like you know it, 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 like they fit well for for what they have to do all things considered and like you said i mean this this team's doing what they're doing and next year they're gonna have natchez and maybe jake bean and maybe julian gauthier and maybe alexi sorella like there there are a lot of skilled guys down there that could really help offensively um that is something they will need eventually but one player that's kind of i mean this isn't even a surprise by any means but good lord jacob slavin has been out of this world good in in these first two rounds Yes, unbelievable. Um, I mean, I think we already know what he is, but yeah. I think now the the league and, and you know the people that are just watching for fun, 
they know what he is now. Um, and I, I think there was one big play he had, and it was late in the second, and I think the Islanders were on a power play or they were just dominating in the offensive zone. And he he just did this little stick movement to stop a, what would have been an easy one-timer and it really just kind of saved the game from being two nothing at that point. And it's just a small, subtle play that most people like outside of you and me and, you know, the people that watch it, you know, religiously, they would have noticed it. But like it was so yes. important. It was yeah. so important. So, um, yeah, another big game from him. Yeah, he he is tied with Eric Carlson for first among all playoff skaters and assists with 10. And he has the Islanders only goal of this series so far. <laughs> um, so two games down, two games to go. Anything can happen really, Justin, but how, how is this one going to end? Give me a prediction I, right now. I think Kane's in six. Wow. Um, I think that, you know, obviously they're, the Canes are undefeated at home. Um, I think they split it, wow. go up three to one Islanders give one last ditch effort, you know, they for the home fans. Home. And then Canes win it at home in, in wow. six. So, um, obviously, like I said, the best thing for them would be just absolutely blow them out in these next two games and get a sweep and just heal nice. up. Take a few days to heal up, get some light practicing in. You know what I mean? Just yeah. that would be nice. Um, but I, I just don't think a Barry Trotz led team is just going to lay down like this. So, no. he, you know, he had the, the, the big comments. Um, on Monday saying, you know, hey, we're going to go in and we're going to go take two games and stuff like that. Yeah, so that's, that's, see how that's that goes mi- for them. I mean, yeah, that's the mindset but, they need to have yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so. We'll see how that goes for them, though. That, that crowd's going to be loud. That, oh, that yeah. building is going to be a rocking. Oh, um, yes. It's going to be crazy. So what do you got? What do I? I'm going to. I'm going to take Canes. Canes in four. They're gonna sweep them. Wow, man! You know, last week I was I was like, man, I don't know. Like, it's a success already just because they won uh, one home game. But yeah. you know what? They're gonna sweep them. They're gonna. Yeah. Take, they're just gonna take it. They're just gonna win four. They're gonna Curtis McElhaney, thirty-four save shutout in game three. You heard gonna, of They're gonna win game three, and they're gonna win three nothing. In game four. Oh. They're gonna win five nothing. It's just gonna be an eight nothing. Oh my god! Shut out one. Yeah. And the only goal the Islanders are gonna score in the he's series is one from Jacob. And Slavin. by the way, in game four, he's gonna have a hat trick. So that's gonna happen. Oh um, my word! Yeah, all of that's gonna happen. Wait, we'll we'll talk about it next week. Next week we're gonna look back on this and you're gonna be like, "Damn, how about that?" Um, <laughs> that'll go well. That'll go well for all of us. Um. All right, stick around. Here's a mid-roll ad. Um, On the other side, we're going to talk about all the other exciting NHL playoff action. We're going to talk about the Charlotte Checkers, and we're going to talk about some Game of Thrones stuff. All right, stick around. This is the Canes Country Podcast. All right, welcome back. We are going to talk about the rest of the NHL because, you know, the Hurricanes aren't the only team playing. They should be. Everybody should be forced to watch the Hurricanes all the time. I've always said this. Um... The Hurricanes' uh, schedule should be at one time, and then all the other 29 teams, uh, they play when the Hurricanes don't play. So it would, it's just the Hurricanes all the time. I've always said that. Justin, you know I've always said that, right? Absolutely. All right, so the around the NHL, there's three other series. Um, let's start with the other one in the East. So Columbus-Boston. So, of course, Columbus um, swept Tampa Bay. Uh, no big deal. Uh, and then Boston... 
outed uh, or ousted Toronto in seven games because that's what they do every year. Um, <laughs> so one one series, they split the games in Boston. Uh, Justin, do you have any particularly um, hot or interesting takes about this series? Yeah, I'm terrified to play Boston if we move on. Absolutely yeah. terrified. Uh, yeah. Based on the injuries, I I don't that see us standing. A yeah, I I I see it similar to Pittsburgh in 09. Mm. If if we go in unhealthy, oh, um, yeah. if we're able to get a few guys back and and they do win that series, and you know maybe we stand a chance. Um, That's just terrifying. But yeah, it's it, they're such a well built team, and I think it's a testament to the organization that. They continuously compete every single year, um, and and you know not just win around. They you know they get pretty deep into the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I, I I think it's a it's a good series. It's very competitive. Um, you saw Brad Marchand's con or comments um, about Riley Nash, and you know it's just a little <laughs> little bit of drawing back and forth. I I think their their styles their styles are very similar. You know, it's, it's a mixture of speed and 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 power. Um, you know, and, and especially in that Nash effect. Really? Oh, yes. Speed and power. You the Riley, Riley Nash, Nash story. was the engine for the Hurricanes in their uh, top 10 draft picks. Top yeah. six forward, right? Wasn't he? Along with Andre Nestrosol? Something not, like that? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. Anyways, <laughs> um, but moving on to the St. Louis Dallas series. Um, I have St. Louis in this one. I, I uh, similar to the Hurricanes, it's just they've been playing so well for so long. Um, yeah, they're when they're, a team gets on a roll like that, West, you know that. They're yeah, that basically the standings and their big second half, man. Yeah, and and I mean, you know, they didn't get bounced in the first round like they normally do. You know, a lot of people <laughs> will always take the Blues, you know, long term, and then they they regret it. You, you know, on paper, they always look fantastic. They but, always come up short, though, yeah. But just like, you know, it's it, it's a different team this year, I think. It's, like, um, it's like, um, like Washington was always so dominant in the regular season, winning President's Trophies, but they always fell short. And then the year where they weren't really as good on paper during the regular season, that's the year that they, they broke through. And it feels like that's kind of how the playoffs go a lot of the times. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, Lots of good players in this one for sure. Uh, Tarasenko, seeing him, man, you know, just yeah. go off for a two goal performance. Remember after... when he was rumored yeah, to be a <laughs> Hurricanes trade target? We talked yeah. about that earlier in the year. That was it, and wow. it was a move. It was a move that the Hurricanes would kind of make for next year and like beyond. It wasn't even like they were gonna like acquire him and then compete because they yeah, thought we'd because have to they were both to... they were both just nowhere close at that point. So yeah, I mean it's. It's unbelievable, and I mean, he's he's a world class player for sure. I made, the, um, I made the joke back then that you know Tarasenko is going to hear about being traded to Carolina, and he's going to be like, oh, oh no, I got to pick it up. I can't, no, I can't do that. But now, I mean, Carolina's not a very bad destination to play, is it? Look at these, no, I mean, look at this team, look at this crowd. You know, they got fans. Yeah. Yeah, you know, things, do are have things are happening. Things are happening. Things are happening. San Jose, Colorado. So San Jose, Colorado. The Avalanche are the best best team in the NHL for one reason, one reason only. Whoa, what? Not only are they Slow competing. No, no, just hear me out. Hear me out. Not only are they competing, they could lose this, and they're still set. 
they have a top four pick. Um, yeah. They're going to get a franchise piece. That's either going to be Kirby Doc or, or Dylan Cousins or maybe even Turquette. Byram. You never know. Yeah, I, I, I heard that, like, what did you hear? The, the Blackhawks are considering, like, kind of reaching there because he's he's not necessarily a lock for three. I don't know. It, three through seven is kind of just a toss up. It's, it's like it's, it's Hughes just... and it's it's Hughes and Kako and it's everyone else from there to ten. Yeah. Yeah. Three three through yeah yeah and, yeah, yeah, and Cole Turcot, Caulfield. And... You got Zagris. You got Byram. You got Pod Colson. Pod Colson seems to be a pretty consensus three, but he he's in Russia and they don't know when he's going to come over, so you never know there, but. Yeah, and then Caulfield, I think it's just uh, we obviously see what he can do scoring wise, but, but there's going to be some team. Yep, there's going to be some he's guy. Too short, you know, and especially some of those organizations up there are kind of traditional, like the the Red Wings and the and the you know um, the Sabers. But you if know, you with the new Red one, Wings, two hundred and fifteen pounds, yeah, not play in our league. I'm sorry, that's just yeah, how it goes. But with the Red Wings, Steve Eiserman now, so maybe he'll yeah. bring some of that Tampa thinking and, and maybe draft and maybe, him. And then and maybe in seven or eight years, they can be the best team in the league and they can get swept in the first round. That's absolutely. The end. And, and, and break the uh, wins record That's or whatever. It's all going to end up. It, it was Detroit's record before Tampa took it or tied it. I, I mean, I actually did not know that. Yeah. Now you There's, do. I'm pretty sure Eiserman was on that team, you know, so he, he, he is, I mean, he is a master of, really good in the regular season and then getting outed in the playoffs. But he Oof. did win Stanley Cups as well, so that's probably... Shots fired, Steve Eisman. Yeah, take that. take that, Steve Eisman. What are you going to so do about what, it? Nothing what do you more. have for these three series? Who who, who are your winners and in, in how many games? Um, notice how all these tier- series are tied, except for the Hurricanes, who are just running away with it. Um, they're not running away with it. Let's, yeah, let's, famous let's last not, words. Let's not say that. <laughs> famous <laughs> yeah, famous last, last words. Um, but game three of St. Louis Dallas is tonight. So, um, okay, I'll take. I'm gonna take. Oh man, this is. Oh man. I'm trying to remember who I took in the Canes country thing. I don't remember. I'm just gonna. <laughs> um, I'm gonna take Boston. I'm gonna take. Dallas, and I'm gonna take. See, here's the thing about the San Jose-Colorado series. I really want Colorado to win. Um, man, but San Jose. I'm pretty sure I took San Jose in the um, the Canes country prediction post thing. Um, but I'm going to take Colorado here and just hedge my bets. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go Boston, Dallas, Colorado. I'm going to go Boston, St. Louis, Colorado. Um, I'm going to say the Boston series go seven. I'll say St. Louis wins it in six, and Colorado also wins it in six. Wow. Yeah, I, I think a lot I of people. I agree with all those even, games. Seven, even six, before six. you know how things shook out in the first round, I think a lot of people kind of had the Sharks going all the way to the Cup final. I don't know, man. There's just team, something about them. I mean, you never know. Are good to, yeah, exactly. That Martin Jones character. You never know what you're gonna get out of that guy. It, especially this enough. year. Especially this year. I mean, so. he's letting up. 17 goals in a game and he's getting a shutout it's just like are you good or bad you know just just pick one for me and you know we can we can you know make it work regardless just pick one and and stick to it but he likes to be both sometimes and that's fine um be who you want to be that's that's okay with me but um 
let Colorado win that series and come back next year and do better. All right, so meanwhile, in Charlotte, um, they're playing playoff hockey as well, and they beat Providence in the first round, three games to one. Um, so, yeah, take that, Bruins. Um, <laughs> you're not as good as you think you are. And if the Hurricanes meet the Bruins in this third round, then I take all that back. But the the, the interesting dynamic with what's going on in Carolina is that all of these injuries, you know, Charlotte's without their captain. They're now without – granted, they don't play again until Friday, so they can get players back. But they're without their captain. They're without Clark Bishop, who is a depth player on that team. Um, Jake Bean, Alex Nedeljkovic is now on the team. Um, if let's just say, like, what if Mrazic's out longer than they think or hope, right? So, worst case scenario, you're going with Tokarski, who has been granted he's been amazing for Charlotte. Um, you know, how are these injuries going to affect those checkers in the playoffs? Um, I don't, I'm, I don't know. Um, yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, well, let me first note on the, uh, the Providence series. Okay. Um, that was their, their first true test, um, of the season. They, seven they of their eight regular, absolutely. Yeah, I know. It's insane. Um, but seven of the eight games they played in the regular season were decided by one goal. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, Providence finished with a better record against them. So, so just come in there and win in four. I mean, it's a pretty good situation for the Checkers. Okay. Um, and now they get a decent um, uh, break. You know, they don't play until this Friday, which will be May third uh, or fourth or whatever. Um, so, yeah. As for the injuries, it it doesn't. I think the thing that's been so great about the Checkers this year is that they've just been so deep. Um, they really have, yeah. And and I think, you know, the two underrated moves from a AHL standpoint was getting Thomas Yurko and Dustin Tokarski. But they um, lost Clifton Pooh, so who's the real yeah, one? So, I don't know. Uh, yikes. <laughs> um, What's Justin well, nowadays? Ooh, oh, he's not playing. Ooh, not oh, playing in the postseason. I don't know why I did that. I love Justin Skinner. But wow. He's shots not fired. Hey, is did Clifton you know Sa- Did you know Sack? Did you know Saku Mainalainen has more playoff wins than wow. Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid combined this year? Wow, that is a that's a factual thing you just said. Absolutely, and that is very um, reasonable what you just said as well. All right, back that's on very, track. Very valid back on track. We got to steer this back the other way. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think the the Yurka move was so big. Um, you know, offensively, he he provided down the stretch there. Um, and Tokarski, I mean, he, especially his first few starts were red hot. Um, Didn't he so, go seven and zero to finish the regular season with Charlotte or something? I like believe that? so. I believe so. Yeah. I mean, good I mean Lord. he had any. I think three of them were shutouts yeah. or something like that. So, yeah. um, Tokarski, uh, I don't know if you remember. You remember back in in the Montreal oh, series I, oh, against I the Rangers? Oh, I remember. Oh man, I thought he was like the future. I thought he was gonna I like. I think a lot of people did. Beat out Carey Price, or they were gonna oh, have yeah. to make a oh, yeah. make a hard choice and like trade them and and get you know a good return, but like things just kind of went away. <laughs> yeah, that was the highlight of his career to that point, yeah. or maybe sure. you know what? Here, here's what could happen: Alex Nedeljkovic um, helps the Hurricanes win the Stanley Cup, and Dustin Tokarski 
leads the checkers to a Calder Cup. How about that? Okay. It will be the new highlight of his career. Okay. That's not going to happen. But he's been good. He's, I mean, he's been great. I mean, you. And an interesting thing that a, a quote I saw from Volucci a few weeks ago, it, it's kind of the same dynamic because Nedeljkovic compares well to Mrazic in, in their play styles. Um, they're, they're smaller goalies that, you know, move really well and, and just they just make the damn saves. That's what they do. They find a way. And McElhaney and Tokarski are kind of the veteran um, 1B guys that are very calm and net and you know are are just very experienced and and they've been there and they they've been around the block you know yes yes for sure um so you know with this recall of Nadelkovic I'm not too worried um you know it could just be a temporary thing or as it could work it out maybe even after a game um but yeah they don't play until Friday so it kind of benefits them um you know to to kind of lose their top goalie um, it's kind of the same. To, it kind of feels the same as like Morazic getting hurt, and it's like, all right, you have McElhaney. It's it's kind of the same. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and and Tukarski kind of provides that like calming presence. Um, and I and I think the big thing is even if he doesn't bring his A game, the Charlotte offense is still <laughs> plentiful. Um, they'll be they'll be fine. I, I'm not too worried about it. Even without Clark um, Bishop. Even without Clark Bishop and Patrick Brown, the heart and soul. I don't think you heard this because I think you were covering the game. But uh, <laughs> Pierre Maguire shouted out Patrick Brown for his, like, t- whatever it was, like 22 goals of offense. And he was just, like, talking about how he was a monster in the AHL. Well, he's, so, very, just, he's, very, he's very knowledgeable about such things, Pierre Maguire. Just, just, That's I, why I, he I, was the head coach of the Hartford Whalers for 30 minutes and had a <laughs> terrible record and was fired. It's just, it, it's such a weird, uh, it's just such a weird angle to take on Patrick Brown. <laughs> Not like, oh, I, you know, he's a leader in Charlotte, you know, the I captain. I love Patrick Brown. I, yeah, I think like, he's great. Oh, think, he's a good dude too. I mean, like, yeah, he's just not very. You know, he's not stuff. overly talented. He's not gonna. Throw, he's not gonna put up absolutely seventy points. Yeah, he, and, I, and Patrick Brown points. knows that too. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe seven minutes. I've been a taking game. a lot of shots at at <laughs> at players that I genuinely like in this episode. I don't know what's going on. I like Patrick you, Brown. I like. You're Clark riled up today. You need to calm down. I am down. a little riled up. <laughs> so, um. But yeah, yeah, I'm not too worried. Um, I think they match up well against Hershey. I think they match up well against just about anybody. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the checkers in this series. Would the checkers and sweep the lightning in a round? They they probably it's, could. It's impossible to say, but I think they could. <laughs> it's they probably could. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, not too worried about them. I think you know the Mrazic thing will get situated. Worst case scenario. You know they they lose Nedeljkovic for maybe the first three games. Worst, worst case something. scenario, I mean, you can just throw Podorowski in net because apparently he's doing everything. He had he, a billion points in the first round. Yeah, he's he's. I think he's kind of the unsung hero. Yeah. And honestly, I'm I'm still very surprised that he's never gotten his fair share of, of, of call up. If you're gonna Me call too. up Patrick Brown, you got to really, call. Up. I would like to you see him call get up Pod- Podorowski. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Volucci speaks so highly of yeah. him. He, he considers them the heart and soul, really, of the team. Um, and and I mean, he shows it every night. 
I, I think it's just yeah, he's 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 brilliant at, from an AHL standpoint. Yeah. Um. So I mean, yeah, he earned what first first team you know award. So yeah. I mean, yeah, he's he's something. So yeah, uh, definitely a very important player down the stretch for them. Yeah. Um. He pots a lot of goals, right? Am I right? He does oh that. Um, right, calm down, Peter. Uh, <laughs> um. Okay, so that'll do it for the hockey talk, I think, in this episode. But, um, Justin, you and I both watch Game of Thrones, right? Absolutely. And we have some things to talk about. So, um, we are now three episodes into the final season of Game of Thrones. Which is crazy. Which is, it is crazy. There are three more episodes left. Um, last night aired the the long-awaited... Uh, White Walker uh, battle at Winterfell. So, what uh, what did you think of that episode? I thought it. I mean, obviously, from a production standpoint, it was Magnus. it was a spectacle. Yeah, you know, it was a spectacle, and and they broke records with it. You know, in terms of the, of the battle sequence. You know, Crazy. you know, outdoing Lord of the Rings, which you know. You don't have to be a fan of the Lord of the Rings, but if you just like look up the clip on YouTube, I mean, you, the the effort and you know the from the production of, value, there were a huge. lot of um, kind of you know I, iconic scenes from Lord of the Rings that kind of you know inspired some stuff in that battle scene too. Yep, I, I think so. Um, so this is so I think this is everybody's complaint. Mm-hmm. The number one, the good thing. Their, their scoring and the music was perfect. It was perfectly Amazing. timed. So it, I, yeah, it was so good. It was so good. The thing that everyone complained about, and I think everyone kind of double-checked their TV to see if it was wrong, was the lighting. Um, uh, yes, this, I, I understand, that was a talking point. Yeah, I understand why they did it, because I think they want to be like, the night is dark and full of terrors, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and, and you know, to, to kind of bring the Im- impact and kind of ominous and, you know... You can't really see everything, so it kind of made you feel like you were almost there. Um, but yeah, it was just like the lighting was just a little too dark. Here's the thing. <laughs> you know, like they have like this is a very mystical land, uh, the Seven Kingdoms. I mean, what a world that they live in, right? I mean, <laughs> what just, a just world! Absolutely crazy. They have they have dragons. Um, they have three dragons. One of them's undead. Um, they have mystical powers. People have mystical powers. Um, there's a there's a woman walking around lighting everybody's sword on fire, and there are people coming back to life, and it's it's just crazy. But they don't have a lantern anywhere. That's the problem. There are zero lanterns in Game of Thrones, and you can't see anything. You know, like the, you, you can't see any of this stuff going on. So um, yeah, that was a problem. Um, I didn't really care about it. I mean, it it would have been nice to see what was going on, but you know. Not everything you want in life happens. What I had the biggest problem with um, was the writing of the damn thing. Um, so here's Game of Thrones. I I love that show. I love the show. Um, and what has been so great about Game of Thrones is you know unlike a lot of you know like Marvel has always gotten the flack for the the big characters never die. And we're not going to give any spoilers for the new Avengers movie here, but we are going to give spoilers about Game of Thrones. Um, so this was like the huge, massive battle, like it's been seven seasons in the making and we get here and everyone dies, everyone, except the main characters. 
Did you not expect that though? I did you not here's expect the thing. that though? You know what? I never expected John well, I or Maris no, or yeah. any of them to die. But I pre- you I, my my boldest prediction was that Jamie would die. Um, I expected Brienne, Grey Worm, Jorah, which spoiler alert, he does. <laughs> um, you know, kind of those those guys, the the people that have been around for the longest time. Like I I still have to go back and watch. Did Podrick die? Because no, I Podrick did not did. die. I would have been very upset. I would have stopped watching the show if Podrick died. Okay, because I was about to say like. It, what like yeah, Podrick's fine Podrick yeah there was like right at the end it was such chaos that like I really didn't yeah. know who died um but what a way for Lady Mormont to go I mean yeah, that was that was fan service but that was great fan service absolutely that was just excellent yeah I mean th- that that giant uh had no reason to pick up a little bear but he did and you know that's yeah. what happens that's what happens yeah. um, yikes um so that was that was great. I really liked that. Um, like the whole battle was so well done. I mean, it was just really well directed. The only like the problems I had with it were, you know, like this is like a massive battle. Everyone's dying except the characters we like. You know, like that that bothered me because Game of Thrones has never been afraid to do that, and I think it has something to do with George R. R. Martin not writing this final two series seasons. So, I think. I think the reason, like, when you looked in and you saw the label of the episode before you went to see it, and you saw Battle of Winterfell, you know, a week in advance, you knew it was coming. Um, you knew that there was going to be a battle in King's Landing. So I don't think we're over, over just yet. Oh, I know we're not. Um, yeah, we're not over, like, over. There are some characters, like, there are some characters, like, like with the whole Cersei prophecy, if they're gonna follow through on that, like one of Jamie or Tyrion has to be alive unless uh Arya is gonna wear one of their faces. Um but yeah, I like I like you need some of them to live. Um yeah. I, I just didn't expect all of them to live because I think there was an opportunity where, you know, Brienne had this great moment where she was knighted in the last episode and it kind of felt like this would be like the perfect time, like her and Jamie fighting together to the death, like that would have been touching and cool. And then there was this down in the crypt, there was Sansa and Tyrion and, you know, they were sitting next to each other and they were hiding and they were like, they both pulled out daggers. And I was like, Oh man, this is going to happen. This is going to be like such an epic, you know, death and great stuff. But then they pulled out their daggers and proceeded to do nothing with them. Um, you know, I, I, you know, it's, I think there are ways to do it a little bit, a little bit better. But you know, that's that's uh, why that's why I watch the show and I don't make no, the show. Yeah, I mean, I understand. There's, there's I think some people, you know, they they did want a, a red wedding kind of situation I mean, where I, maybe I, I, like 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 you said, like there's gonna like I'm more invested in the King's Landing stuff than I am the Long Night stuff. So I'm I'm like I'm I'm willing to overlook all that if we can get a really cool final few episodes here with with king's landing see the crazy thing about this show is that it really does have two main storylines it's always been about the throne but it's always been about yeah but it's always been about the great war and and that winter is coming i mean winter is coming was the theme for a good three seasons there um you know when the first kind of like white walker was spotted um you know so i think of the show you you uh 
you wrap you kind of wrap that storyline. I'm glad and, it's you over. Know, yeah, in an epic battle scene, or is it? We don't know. No, nah, it probably is, no, but um, it yeah, better be. So, but I think I think the thing we'll, we'll probably touch on this in, in a future episode. Um, you know, because this is now a Game of Thrones podcast. So, welcome to the Game um, of Thrones podcast. I think uh, you know, especially in this in this next episode, we'll find the immediate reaction because I mean, all of the Unsullied are dead, basically. Yeah. And the Dothraki, and, I mean, they went out there. Oh, and, sorry, sorry. All of the Dothraki are dead. Basically extinguished, that was, literally. That, that's, I mean, they just all went out there and just lights going away. And you're like, oh, shit, here we yeah. go. Yeah, it was, it was, that was pretty, and I think the greatest thing about this, the directing part, was that the first just about seven to eight minutes were almost completely silent i love that i love and it that. gave it literally gave me chills because i was like this is like this is how you direct something yeah, like it that was, was just, really cool it was like you were there it was like you know you were feeling all of the emotions they were feeling like oh man like we're looking death in the face right now you know yeah. so um yeah i and i think it's gonna be pretty awesome and i i think that you know we'll really see how uh you know this final one goes and I just hope Euron gets it. The great joy. Uh, oh, shut up. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. You don't want him to get it? I don't want Euron to get anything. I hate that guy. I yeah, mean... that's what I'm saying. I want him to face a tough death or something. Oh, I thought you said that you want him to no. get the Iron Throne. <laughs> oh, like, wow. No. That's a take and a half. Wow. What do you think of me that you think Euron. I mean, deserves... you never know. I mean, you could oh, be a God. twisted guy like that. I don't, I don't know. Oh, but, God. <laughs> yes, also, I want to. Sir... I mean, how about Arya? I love Arya. Yeah, I mean, I, I we, had some, I had some questions about that too. Like, how did she get around like a thousand or a billion White Walkers and all those yeah, generals and get there I think, and just bam? I think, yeah, if there was a gap in it, it was, it was that. But I mean, I, I just would like she it moved. Been nice to I see, think like, you kind of saw that she moved quick. I mean, she was running, so maybe it kind of just like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, Maybe I, it was, yeah, a, it was care, a quick thing. I care less about that. I'm just. But remember, it, it was, like it was cool. Yeah, and I think the thing was what death has many faces or something like, like that. So like maybe Arya, like... Arya is so badass that I can I can buy it. Like I'm cool. Like I'm like yeah. I I'm sure that you know. She but I is... think the the connection of of Bran giving her that dagger that, that basically yeah. gives the final blow. I think that. Um, you know, it's that that was pretty cool. And I, the way I one of my friends explained it to me, you know, he read the books and um, I mean, obviously they're past the books. But yeah. um, essentially, yeah, I mean, Bran was using himself as bait, yeah. more or less. Yeah, um, yeah, they talked about that. Uh, that was like their plan to like set <laughs> Bran up as bait. But it kind of all fell through if it if it hadn't been for Arya kind of saving the day there. Like their plan was for the night king to you know go out and and be in the open and that really didn't work out because also theon died by theon. so so my favorite thing from after because you know uh, social media always has a response oh, it's great um oh, so my good. favorite one was jorah i'll lead the first charge brianne i'll command the left flank gray worm the unsullied shall protect the gate bran how cool would it be to fly around <laughs> and do like general bird stuff yeah that was great. I love General Bird stuff. Brand, General Bird stuff. Brand's, Brand's just kind of hanging out. And you know what? You know what, Brand? He's just, 
He's just along for the ride, he's man. Just gonna, he's just like, you know what? I'll just sit out here in the open. If I die, I die. It happens. <laughs> he's um, like, you know, I, I can't even use my legs. I mean, And then Arya comes out of nowhere and saves everything. Yeah. I wonder how, yeah, I, over the next, uh, obviously, we'll, maybe we'll revisit this each week. But, um, yeah, I, I just wonder how his story is going to wrap up. Because this was his purpose, more or less. And, you know. Yeah, it's like, it's like what's now he what? be doing now? Like, what's the yeah. Like, is he just going to be yeah. flying around, like, like doing, like, recon missions for uh, King's Landing? <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be crazy. Um, hey, 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 Brad, do that bird thing. Do we the need bird to see if there's some soldiers the, over hey, there. do the bird thing. <laughs> do something for me. Do the bird thing. Oh, my um, God. We'll see if he does the bird thing. We're going to do the end the podcast thing, though. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, follow Kane's Country on Twitter, at Kane's Country on Twitter. Um, at Kane's Country Picks on Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Um, there was a little problem with the iTunes last week, but it should be fixed by the time this comes out. Uh, Google Play, all that stuff. Um, read the site. Justin, where can they follow you on Twitter? At Linky Lape. Very good. And you can follow me at Brett underscore Finger on Twitter. Uh, go check all that out. Um, this is a good podcast, I think. I guess we'll see. Based this on was. Yeah. Do the bird stuff. Do the bird stuff. <laughs> do the bird stuff uh and we'll be back next week to talk about more kentucky and maybe some more game of thrones we'll see bye